Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. Week five of the fantasy football season is here, and it's also the first week where we have four teams on by. So you may have some tough lineup decisions to make this week, and we have some options for you on the waiver wire, as always. Plus, we got a lot more other things to talk about, too. I'm Jen Piacenti. With me today, Eddie Spaghetti. Eddie, what is up? How are your fantasy teams doing? We got to do the check-in. Do you have at last week? You told me you had some three and zero teams. Do you have any four and zero teams? No, I lost. Just like oh. every every team I root Everybody. for, uh, three and one, still in second place. I uh, picked up a victory in another league. So happy with that. You know, um, I, I you know got to move on from Darren Waller. He's been an issue for me. Got a couple injuries, Javante yeah, Williams. Yeah. But you know, I'm not complaining. Three and one, and honestly, going forward, I'm just purely fantasy football. Like I do not care in the least about my teams anymore. I'm like, I want to be like those media members who just root for uh, you know, the league overall. I'm so done with the Giants. I'm so done with caring and investing. So good news for those uh, that listen and watch and you know subscribe to our fantasy content because I'm going to be on my A game from uh, week five forward. No more fandom for me. Promise you that. I, I feel like those who have 4-0 fantasy teams are actually probably in for a rude awakening because there will be players bouncing back. We are going to get uh, T. Higgins again. We're going to talk about that. I'm not we're going to talk a lot about T Higgins today. Um, there will be a return of Austin Eckler. There will be a return of Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. There will be players coming back. Cooper Cup is going to come back. Will that affect your Puka Nakua shares? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's lots of things that can change. And I feel like maybe some of these people that have been getting by with, say, like Zach Moss and Tutu Atwell, uh, not that those aren't great players, but it may not work out for them down the stretch. So we'll see. That's why I always say, like, just because you start, you know, with a losing record, there's still plenty of time. I have seen some beautiful fantasy football lineups that for some reason, they have a lot of studs on them. The studs are never popping in the same week. So they're ending up with a lot of losses. Hang in there. That's what we're here for. Um, A lot of disappointments this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about him, but I want to start with, um, first off, if you're listening to this, be sure you also go check out our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and of course on Twitch and YouTube. Extra Points does have a YouTube channel. Now you don't get the full podcast there. You got to keep listening here, but that could be coming. Yep, we'll be having a lot more stuff there. Uh, obviously, keep subscribed to the YouTube page for the minus three 15 minute pregame show. Um, I know we put, we're going to put on bigger chunks now, 10 to 15 minute chunks of other shows of great conversations, the more evergreen stuff. And, uh, you know, with baseball playoffs coming up, you may see mm-hmm. Jen on there a, a bit more. Who knows? Um, so, like I said, please subscribe and we will keep uploading stuff to our Twitter on extra points and to our YouTube page. But it's very exciting stuff going forward. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that plug, Jen playoff baseball starting today i know this is a football podcast but oh my god the drama of the last day of the season where the astros actually clinched the al west title title um the rangers choked and somehow the astros pulled it off even though they were kind of crummy all season and the difference of them having a first round by is night and day you should have seen the way those odds fluctuated uh now they're the third favorites the astros brave still the favorites i mean the biggest run differential okay I'll stop talking baseball. Sorry. You guys follow me on Twitter for baseball. We're going to talk about football. 
Eddie, I want to start with reactions because it's Tuesday. I want to start with reactions to last night's game. Now, I know you said that you swore off your fantasy team, and I understand, but there's a couple players and a couple things from that game that I think are really important that apply to fantasy, and I want to talk about them. Uh, The first one is, obviously, the offensive line is really struggling for the Giants, okay? Seattle tends, I mean, that's just stupid. Um, and, you know, Andrew Thomas is out. There's other injuries. There, there's clearly issues there. Also, I believe with the threat of no Saquon, that made it a lot tougher on Daniel Jones too, right? It was pretty easy for them, for Seattle to plan this game. But my question to you is, number one, should we start streaming defenses versus the Giants? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just so many reasons why. I mean, number one, you're, the O-line is obviously the biggest issue. I know Daniel Jones actually, I mean, had his worst game in quite some time yesterday, just was, was sloppier than normal. But I also think it's due to, he's like just seeing ghosts now. Like without your your franchise left tackle, Andrew Thomas. Oh, no, just, no, no, no. Ghosts is later. We're going to talk about that quarterback. Well, he, he you know, with in, in, in JMS, their second round pick, uh, that, you know, the top center that was drafted, he left the game. And then Evan Neal's just been a turnstile. So obviously Jones is going to be pressured that means change the offensive game plan and like you said no 26 behind him so without Saquon you're less dynamic at that position so it's Daniel Jones trying to figure out everything but the problem is Darren Waller has just been a a, a, you know he has not shown up really at all this year and then they keep just rotating the receivers like they have a bunch of mid-level guys but they're not like getting any kind of chemistry built with Jones. So when you like you're rotating in and out of, of Darius Slayton and Hodges and, and uh, Jalen Hyde, I know Wondell Robinson had a solid game, but it's just like, you need some consistency. So to answer your question, should you stream defenses versus the giant? I mean, yeah, of course they have the, the Buffalo bills upcoming. They have the dolphins upcoming. They have a yeah. tough Jets defense upcoming, a tough Patriots defense upcoming. So the, the, the Seahawks game last night on Monday night football was such a must win. It was almost like a quasi playoff game for them uh, to stay relevant and you know to bring it back to fantasy it's just when you're not getting any offensive production and you're not scoring they have not scored a touchdown in the first half they're just being outscored tremendously the game script changes and so now you have a bad offensive line with a quarterback with no weapons without their best his best player behind them you're going to run into a lot of issues in fantasy world and I know that like a lot of people drafted Saquon Barkley who got banged up and a lot of people drafted like myself Darren Waller who really bought into the training camp hype he has not shown up so there's a lot of issues and I know we'll get to some Daniel Jones listener questions like I'm sorry for pumping him up I did believe in him especially because of his legs I trusted in uh Jalen um Mike Kafka and Brian Dable's offense but like they're running into some real issues now where like the overarching uh roster and like the the GM and stuff we have to start asking these questions like why the Giants been struggling for almost the better part of a decade now it's very frustrating well I'm not completely out on Daniel Jones I'm out on him right now much the way I am out on Joe Burrow right now but We can talk more about that. I want to ask you about two players Mm -hmm. um, specifically. First of all, I think that the player to add, since this is waiver wired, is Wendell Robinson. I actually have him in quite a few leagues as a deeper stash. He's got a lot of talent. He flashed it last year. He could be someone that does develop that chemistry with Daniel Jones. Of the Giants receivers, he's the one I'd like to have. But I want to ask you about two players you mentioned. Number one, Saquon Barkley, who has been injured. Um. But with the state of this offensive line, would it be smart for those who are in need to move Saquon? Do you think think it's going to affect? Okay. I think so. So potentially sell quote unquote high. There's a lot of people in desperate need for running back. You might be able to get something for Saquon. 
look what they're doing right now. The Giants went out and signed Justin Pugh to their practice squad, a guy they drafted years ago uh, in the first round. He bounced in the league, was in Arizona for a bit. They're bringing him in. It's obviously shown they don't trust in their offensive line. All the interior guys are like, whether it's Breedison, they put in Lemieux yesterday. Like I said, John Michael Schmitz is hurt. Andrew Thomas still dealing with that injury from the week one versus Dallas. It's just... Saquon could only do so much uh, in the beginning of the game when the score is still tight. And then if games got out of hand early, like they actually have been, he's going to be right. game scripted out. And like, even right. if I want to say, leave him in there for screen passes and stuff. It's just like, they're going to have to start throwing the ball downfield and they're not doing that. So I, I do think Saquon will have better games. He'll, he will score here and yeah. there, but there's also the threat of him getting re-injured. And I just think with the state of the offensive line, Daniel right. Jones not really impressing us so far, not moving the ball down the field. I think Saquon's kind of just going to be game scripted out of it. Yeah, I'm a little concerned as well. The other player I wanted to ask you about, of course, is uh, Darren Waller, mm-hmm. who, I mean, I think we all bought into the preseason hype. I actually only have him on one team. It's not killing me because tight end is not a, a terrible, right. you know, you can, you can actually, you've actually been able to find it on the wire. I know you and I were both really high on Sam Laporta yes. who right now is making us look like geniuses. Thanks, <laughs> Sam. Stick with it, please. I hope Jameson Williams doesn't mess this up for us, <laughs> but, um, Darren Waller, what do we do? I think what was so concerning is that he only saw three targets. Now are, are we the fools here? Because there's a 31 year old, basically Kyle Pitts. That's, that's what we drafted. <laughs> Right. Should we have seen that or should we have known? I mean, Darren Waller was phenomenal with the Raiders. Uh, He's a converted wide receiver. What is, is this just system? Because I feel like maybe this is remember, remember Evan Ingram. You remember how it was like Evan Ingram has all the talent in the world, but he was, you couldn't count on him at all with the giants. And then he goes to Jacksonville and he's, he's balling. So is this just a system problem? Should we just avoid I mean, it's not even the same coaching staff. So it just the right. whole thing is weird. But I, yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying. I think uh, well, in- Ingram's issue too was he always had found a way to like tip a ball and cause an interception at, at a crucial point of a game. So if we go back a few weeks and we remember that second half stretch the Giants' offense had versus the uh, Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. here, and they had simply no answer for Darren Waller. I'm not saying that it's going to be like that every week, but I the one positive thing with Waller is that even and even with Daniel Bellinger who actually did get injured in that game last night. Waller is the one mainstay that actually stays on the field with the offense, whereas the receivers keep swapping in, swapping out. I think there is a path, especially the Giants being down in games, that Jones and and Kafka and Dable put their heads together and go, look, this guy is somewhat uncoverable. I understand his age, but you know Travis Kelsey's old too, and I think that there's a th- there is a path for Waller to be more substantial going forward. I just, I don't know what's going on that he went from being Jones's best buddy during training camp and the little bit of preseason time. But then now besides that second half in the Cardinals game, he hasn't really targeted him. And I think my take on it from what I've watched, and I've watched uh, quite a bit of this miserable offense is that defenses are going, well, they keep rotating their receivers out. There's no chemistry there. We're going to make sure that Dar- that uh, that Waller is like seemingly covered no matter where he goes in the field. So he's going to be probably seeing a lot of double teams and such. I still have faith in him making an impact more so than I do with Saquon because of what we've seen already um, this season. But I, I just think that defense are going to key in on him and make his life hell to to get open. Do you think it's he's a buy low candidate? Do you think you could go to the Waller owner and uh, kind of make him a low ball offer? I th- and especially with- him like a Romeo Dubs. 
yeah, I, I think I think especially if you're really suffering at tight end, if you don't have a, a guy like that we've shouted out before, but like a Sam Laporta, um, you know, or, or or Hawkinson is obviously being awesome this whole year. If you don't have one of those guys, um, yeah, maybe maybe move like one of your flex and something right now just to get a, a buy low on him. I know the name value of Waller kind of scares people off, but you got to look at what he's been doing. And again, the Giants will most likely be down in a ton of games. So I think that they're going to have to start chucking the ball. And if they somehow find their way in the red zone, like he's a guy to look for in the red zone. So I do have a little bit of faith in him. Um, just be, if we didn't see that second half versus the Cardinals, who, by the way, the Cardinals aren't that bad. They're in every game so far this yeah. year, pretty much. Um, I, I think that showed me enough and just plus what we saw we saw from the training camp that there is a connection there. I think this offense is just really skittish right now and not really there's just no chemistry. But I, I do think Waller will be the guy. Um I think he'll end up leading the Giants in receptions, is my honest opinion. I think you're probably right. If Saquon doesn't, which is also yeah. a possibility. Yeah. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117 Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia If you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's another question for you, since we're talking about streaming defenses. Should you stream defenses versus the Patriots? I mean, Mac Jones benched in the third quarter, but yet he's still starting. They've now lost uh, Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon, possibly for the season. Uh, they, They put up a measly three points, and we saw... The Dallas Cowboys absolutely feast mm-hmm. on Sunday, not through offense. Okay. And, and, and I actually kind of predicted this at the beginning of the season. You'll see, you can find a video I did with Michael Fabiano. Um, losing Kellen Moore may be good for real football and for winning football games. I think maybe that did work out because there was some internal whatever that wasn't working out. But for fantasy, it sucks. Look who is the number one quarterback right now. Justin Herbert, that is a vertical offense. But anyway, I'm not going to talk anymore about the Cowboys or the red zone issues. What I want to talk about is should we target teams versus the Patriots defenses? Uh, I absolutely with that too. I mean, this all started in the, in the off season where there was that weird, like, Oh, Mac Jones is fighting internally. Coaches don't have faith. So we saw the inklings months ago. And then now we saw the weirdness of like, they let like Zappy go and they brought in another quarterback, but they sent him to the practice squad. So there were some issues there. Um, I think we've seen Mac Jones' ceiling, and that was a few seasons ago. I think there's just not enough talented weapons in New England that hasn't really been their MO to bring in these high-profile guys. Um, I know Hunter Henry, speaking of tight ends before, Hunter Henry's had a few solid games. He gives you like a you know a somewhat okay floor at the position, but really outside of that, they're not really prolific offensive whatsoever. So I think, yeah, you got to bring in defense. I mean, they took him out in like the beginning of the third quarter. I know they already announced it, but the minute you start taking your quarterback out, um, it's usually going to lead to bad news. Now, do I think if they go to Bailey Zappi, they're going to be amazing Like, then stop streaming defenses? No, absolutely not. So I think safe bet the entire season, um, just keep riding defenses versus that, you know, lackluster Patriots offense. So we talked about um, streaming defenses, targeting defenses. Now I want to talk about um, offenses, offensive players. Um, Sunday night football was a bit of a surprise for many of us frustrating for those of us who took the chiefs but anyway we're not gonna talk about that obviously the chiefs won they did not cover zach wilson 245 yards a pair of touchdowns another 14 on the ground he suddenly looked a little bit frisky yes he made some mistakes but there's a couple of reasons why i'm interested in potentially streaming him this week if you are without justin herbert and you're in a two core back league Okay, I'm not talking about he's going to replace Justin Herbert. I'm talking about if you're going to stream him this weekend versus the Broncos. Guys, the Broncos are the gift that keeps on giving. They No one has allowed more yards uh, to opposing offenses. They made Justin Fields, <laughs> featured in our video last week, look like a freaking superstar. He passed for a career-high four touchdowns versus this team. He didn't even have to use his legs, which actually irritated me, but that's, we'll talk about that again later too. We talk about Thursday night football. So if Justin Fields 
and and I'm not saying Justin Fields is a bad quarterback. I'm just saying he wasn't looking good and the passing wasn't coming together for him. And suddenly facing the Broncos, he kind of got right. Mm -hmm. Could Zach Wilson do that this weekend? Yeah, I, I think I don't know what the Jets did. I mean, first of all, if if it could be the Chiefs defense, but they like but the Chiefs defense is actually pretty good. good. I know. I, I I agree. They've been a tough matchup, but I don't know why the, the Chiefs and maybe I know they were talking some trash during the week. They were laughing about playing Zach Wilson. The Jets did a good thing with him. It seemed like the Jets pretty much he did knew. have Aaron Rodgers there, too, which I think I, I was going to say, I wonder, I, I is, think the combo of knowing that yep. Zach Wilson's just not a pocket passer and kind of making him move, which is smart things, the quicker pass and having a Raj there to be like, Hey, this is what I would do uh, during the mm -hmm. scenario. I think is a, a great mentoring. And um, I, I think it's a great thing. I don't know. Do I think that we're going to see you, you mentioned mistakes too. Do I think we're going to see consistently great football from Zach Wilson the rest mm -hmm. of the season? Probably not. Do I think now if you have shares of Brees Hall or, or, you know, Garrett Wilson, like a lot of people do um, I do, I have Brees Hall. Um, I think that you're like, okay, well maybe they'll have some value now. So I think that's a great thing um, in terms of Zach Wilson's play. I think the jets just need to, overcoach and kind of mail in everything with him like it's back to like the McVay era with Jared Goff like telephone the play like squeeze your hair listen to the the radio call you're throwing to this receiver that's kind of what he needs he's just not good enough to do that by himself he has the arm talent so I think if you yeah. kind of go into this game like the Chiefs must have done been like we don't trust him to make any plays you're going to find yourself in a very very close game and uh, yeah I know we we both picked the Chiefs if uh, Mahomes didn't slide we would have covered there but I, I do think it's a little bit of a bright spot for the Jets going forward at least if you have me a fantasy players. matchup too I was going to be 4-0 in that yeah. league now I'm three and one, but anyway, it was a, gro it was a gross game too. the bad, some bad penalties, some bad miss, miss penalties. Um, but at least, you know, the jets are still breathing. And I know Rogers keeps saying he's going to be back. People are saying by Christmas time, that would be the most shocking sports story of all time. But you know, who knows? I'm going to congratulate us for not mentioning Taylor Swift at all. Oh, we're doing a great job. And we, we uh, speaking of congratulations, awesome. I know we, we can get into it again. You mentioned it, but like our call, the Justin Fields Broncos, like the this oh. is your, the Hail Mary, like that's pat in the back. We've been tight ends, Justin Fields. We've called a lot of good stuff so, so far. Yeah. So that, I do want to talk about that. Actually, let's go to that. There's so much to talk about today. I'm always yeah. like, whenever we're getting ready for the podcast, like, you know, I'm just going to listeners i'm just giving you the honest truth every time before the the podcast i think oh god i hope we have enough to talk about i hope we have things to say i'm always you know hope we're offering people help and then the, the podcast gets here and there's not enough time to talk about everything we need to talk about i don't know how it happens but it always happens um yeah justin fields and russell wilson was the subject of our video last week and i said that i was going to start russell wilson's over justin fields i did same. That was not looking great for me at the beginning. I was a little like, oh no, of course. Now in one league, I did start Justin Fields, like, you know, but in the league where I had the two, I, but still Russ did great for me. I like, he is just offering the most solid floor right now. And because mm -hmm. their defense is so bad, he's going to have to keep pushing the ball downfield to people like Marvin Mims. Hi, Sean Payton. I'm going to keep banging this drum until you hear it. Marvin Mims has nine catches and 11 targets, and he has more receiving yards than any other receiver on the team, okay? Russell Wilson is still a great deep ball passer. Mm -hmm. Marvin Mims is someone to target on the waiver wire, but back to Justin Fields and Russell Wilson. They both did right by us. I oh, didn't yeah. expect Fields to be that good, though. 
he must have come across our video and was like, hey, if Janet are talking about that, I need to have a, a career game, literally his career game to save it. I mean, if they dropped, like, I mean, they did lose the game, but weirdly mm-hmm. enough, I guess Bears fans are internally in the organization. They're like, well, Fields did really perform versus what was supposed to be a good defense. Like the Broncos, in terms of name value, are loaded across the board there. They have not really shown up. But um, yeah, Fields needed this uh, with, you know, did it with his legs a little bit, did it with his arm. Uh, I think maybe the keeping Chase Claypool away might have been helpful. Maybe he's causing an issue in the locker room. Um, I, great game from Khalil Herbert. So offensively, you may feel better about that stuff there. And then on the Broncos quickly, uh, I am starting. Um, uh, I'm going to have to start Russell Wilson last week and this week too, because I have Deshaun Watson. They aren't a bye. Russell Wilson giving that floor still to on the good deep ball they, they always seem to be a team that goes down early and they're like All right, we got to score three touchdowns quickly and they somehow do it so you got to trust that it stinks Javante Williams out it looks like Jaleel, Jaleel McLaughlin filled in nicely if he can't go so at least there's um you know Russell Wilson still making you afraid with his arm so that should open up the run game too depending on who they have back there I know Samaji P Ryan was a guy that a lot of people try to get with the handcuff hasn't really done much this season but um the, the Wilson to Mims connection down the road may be something that we sh- were all shocked by because everyone's high on Judy and Sutton and looks like Mims is stealing the show there. So yeah, I mean, um, this, this, that matchup was, uh, it was a weird game. It looked like it was going to be a bears blowout and then the the Broncos storm back. But I think going forward now you trust Russell Wilson. And I think you feel slightly better if you took Justin Fields very, very high in this draft and you could probably start him because something must've clicked. And I even mentioned back to tight ends again, Cole Komet seems to be a real safety blanket for him too. So he's another guy that you could, you could definitely target there. So I think overall we come away from the game pretty pleased uh, with both offenses. The one thing I wasn't pleased about though, is the fact that they still didn't use his mobility. Now I know maybe they didn't have to, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like they should have taken advantage of it. And that is one of my biggest concerns about Thursday night as well, which we'll get to later. But those of you who held on to Justin Fields, those of you who started him, congratulations monster day hopefully they will build on this I absolutely I kind of hate that they lost the game because they didn't cover anyway and I had the Broncos at three and a half so at that point I wanted them to just go ahead and win because if you're ruining my cover who cares I was really angry I was like this isn't working out in any way (laughs) but maybe it worked out for the Bears maybe they're gonna get the number one pick next year I really think they're not giving Justin Fields a chance well, yeah, and I mean, it, it, we can get more to the TNF thing too, and they do have the number one and number two overall pick currently. But um, I, I the the legs thing, it's just there's just a lack of design runs that he had the second half of last year, and it's like it it it, it they just are a better offense when they're doing that. And uh, I've seen a lot of people who root for the Bears or Bears media saying this. So I mean, that's something yeah. that if you do have fields, you have to hope for the second half of the year that they get back into that. But again, I'm not going to poo poo when he had a great game with his arm. So it was good to see a sign of life from him. It was. Um, Let's talk about, well, let's go to CJ Stroud and the Texans. We were also high on CJ Stroud the last couple episodes, and he is absolutely delivering. Have you watched the press conferences this young man has done? He's so mature and inspiring and exactly what Houston needs. Polish pro already. Yeah. And just no interceptions. Four games. 
protecting the ball as a rookie is like the utmost important thing you could possibly do. And he's doing that and he's making these kind of what, what previously weren't really household names. And then Nico Collins, he's making them into that. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. They struck gold, not only with Stroud, but obviously Will Anderson, the defensive side. Um, it's looking like they won that draft right now. It's also looking like if you're a Texans fan, I mean, future's pretty bright and, and a kind of weak division. The Jaguars are kind of letting us down in right. a sense. Texans are feeling pretty good. And I mean, just a ton of yards from CJ Stroud. I mean, he's a guy that I think next year, like fourth part- most passing yards. So be far. fourth most G- passing yards. G- now, G- you know who has more passing yards? I, I, continuing this job for one second. Fourth most passing yards. The trickiest thing right now is just who do you start, Nico Collins or Tank Dell? Because yeah. one of them is going to go off in any given week. So I'm sorry for those of you who had that problem. It was similar to the problem you used to have between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. We'll talk about that in a second. But both of those should be 100% rostered. No question about it. Um, as far as Damian Pierce goes, I do think things will get better for those of you who have him. Because they're still missing Laramie Tunsil, who mm-hmm. may be back as soon as this week. By the way, the O-line, the backup O-line has not allowed a sack in the past two games. So they're getting better too. So as that O-line gets healthier, Houston is looking good and their defense has been good too. Yeah, though their defense, I mean, D'Amico Ryan, you expected him to come in yeah. and coach the defense up. He did a fantastic job with San Fran last year and a great point with the, with the O-line too. Like it's they're playing well, but again, it's back to Stroud, like getting the ball out quickly, making the smart decisions. He's so like mature, like you were saying, only we're heading into week five and it's like, he's just not turning it over. He's not taking sacks. He's like this offense when it's just clicking and it's, it's not something that we really expect. It's not something we really haven't really seen with a lot of the rookie quarterbacks coming in, like outside of, you know, Brock Purdy, who wasn't even thought about. Right. So it's, it's what but, he's doing so is very impressive. I think that's a, that's a good comparison though. Brock Purdy or CJ Stroud, who would you rather have? I mean, the, the thing is, like, I've watched almost every minute of the 49ers game. Shout out uh, Sunday Ticket here. But I think uh, Stroud, to me, it's just so he's so prolific with the yardage. You're going to get points there. Purdy is like he comes in, two quick touchdowns, and then CMC does a bunch. And they're like, all right, like, that's it. The game's already out of yeah. hand. We're just going to keep running I, it. I, like, I feel like at least there will be some games the Texans are probably trailing. We'll have to throw it. So I do feel like you're, you're, your ceiling may be a little bit higher exactly. with Stroud than with Purdy. Purdy, you know what you're getting. Like their stat lines don't look that different sometimes, you know, one to two touchdowns, but, but CJ Stroud is just starting. And I think his ceiling is so much higher. Mm-hmm. I would rather have Stroud though. If you have Purdy, it's a very solid floor. Stroud actually the QB 10 on the season. He is following as far as passing yards. He's only behind Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford and Tua Tagovailoa. And Matt Stafford is another guy that could be on your waiver wire yeah. that you might want to consider because he has a massive amount of passing yards. The problem being he's only thrown, I think it's three touchdowns this season. That's it. So he's not getting those massive fantasy points, but guys, Cooper cup is coming back mm-hmm. in the next couple weeks. And that is his favorite red zone target. He is going to positively regress to the mean. He can't stay this bad. I understand Kyron Williams is really great and all that, but eventually Puka, Cooper, Tutu, they're all going to be in the end zone. And so Matt Stafford is someone you may want to stash right now for your upcoming bye weeks if you have the room. 
Yeah, I mean, I um, I was thinking about maybe swapping him out uh, upcoming if I didn't trust in Russell Wilson. But I, I think that offense, which has been surprising with Cup back, I don't think it's going to be a thing either where Cup just takes away all from from Puka. I think it's just like Deaver is going to say, crap, we got to cover both of them now. But, I mean, he clearly has chemistry with him. All those stories from his wife uh, in the offseason, not true. But I, I, you know, I have seen a, a ton of Rams uh, as well. And it does seem like the minute that they get inside the 10-yard line, McVeigh, is like run the ball run the ball run the ball it's weird the lack of throwing into the end zone so i think maybe when cup comes back he will be the guy so um that's definitely something i think he'll be ascending instead of descending i think so too so so far for quarterback pickups these are all available on your waiver wire cj stroud's still available in 65 percent of leagues 65 percent of leagues if you need a replacement for justin herbert I mean, gets get Stroud, uh, Matt Stafford is available, and Zach Wilson, if you just need someone for one week, the matchup could not be better. Joshua Dobbs, another one that's actually been surprisingly yeah. solid. So you you know, you can't do too badly. So those are some guys that are definitely options. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the big elephant in the room. The Cincinnati Bengals have scored the fewest points per game of any team in the NFL. If I had told you this before the season, you would say, Jen, you're nuts. And I'm taking that bet that there's no way that ever happens. And I would be a very rich woman. Unfortunately, I wasn't that smart. Uh, I was smart enough, I would say to not, or I shouldn't say to not draft Joe Burrow. And I love Joe Burrow. But the second I saw the injury, I got very, very nervous. And when they said he was starting week one, I had some FOMO. I was like, oh, I have Joe Burrow FOMO. He's going to be awesome. I should have just known. You know, I played the risk with Jonathan Taylor, who starts practicing this week. Yep. But I didn't play the risk with Burrow, but right now it's it's looking pretty good. I also didn't take a single share. Of Jamar Chase, how many Bengals do you have and how do you feel about this offense moving forward? I, I guess, luckily, I never, I don't have any Bengals, did not draft Mixon, didn't draft any of the receivers, wow. didn't take Burrow. Um, and it wasn't because I was afraid of it, just it never worked out in the, in the drafts yeah. I had. But I mean, 12.3 points per game. I mean, it's just for that I offense. Know. Like it, this offense, like we have to remember how bad their O line was in a lot of games, a lot of playoff games, and it didn't matter because they were just they had so many star players out there. They found a way to get a ball out. And I think it does kind of stem back from this calf injury that clearly is more significant than oh, we were yeah. being led on. He, he can't press. Um, he can't, it, it, there's not a lot of quick throws and then you never like seeing a receiver come out in the media and say, you know, I'm always effing open. Uh, it, Jamar Chase is never having those explosive plays. He's getting a lot of targets, a lot of catches, just not a lot of uh, extra going on there. So uh, I, it's, it's pretty bizarre. I thought they were a shoe in to win the AFC North and that looks like it's not going to hit. So the Bengals, I mean, Look, I, I, it's you don't want to go to Browning as your back of quarterback, but I think there's clearly an issue here with your right. Yeah, but I get it that okay. First off, Joe Burrow, the highest paid quarterback right now mm -hmm. in the NFL, not looking great. Daniel Jones, forty million dollar contract. It kind of makes you wonder. Like again, I don't know. I'm not going to say there's a connection there, but. I, I can see why teams I, feeling. I, I think that definitely plays a factor. I also, I also wish the Bengals were playing the prime time slots instead of the Giants because I think they'd be less yeah. good on my team. <laughs> <laughs> but would it be better to be losing with your backup quarterback than to keep 
if you're going to lose anyway, which is what they're doing, sure. wouldn't it be better to go ahead and lose a game? Just say, you yeah. know what? We're going to lose this one and it's fine. And maybe we'll get lucky because right now you're just keeping your starter and quarterback from being at full strength. I, I think it's a phenomenal idea. I think there's no reason to like, uh, I'm looking up quickly to see when their bye week is like, you have to, you, the, the, he's already been pulled from games, right? So it's like, why not just like line it up with the bye week, come, let him back healthy. And then yeah. I think, I think their bye week is coming up. It, it's, um, I think it's, it's in three weeks from now. Weeks, so, yeah. Weeks. So they play, they play two more games. They have a bye week and then, then they have to play Halloween weekend versus the 49ers. Why not just like, sit him use the week off use the bye week come back fresh for a huge game in san fran fully healthy uh hopefully full or as healthy as he could be during the season because again like you said he we already we, we you pulled him once you're if you're gonna anyway. drop a game you're scoring you're, 12 points per game I, I, how much I'm, worse I'm can the backup quarterback be right i'm with you on that yeah so um, the biggest question we've been getting is about T Higgins. I'm actually, we're not getting questions about Jamar Chase, which is interesting, but um, I want to tell you why I think T Higgins is a buy low candidate. That's right, friends. I said it. Buy low on T Higgins. T Higgins has a greater air yard share this season than Jamar Chase. Even though he left with an injury early in one game. Number two. T. Higgins has caught the only two touchdowns Joe Burrow has thrown. That's pretty important. Number three, he's in a contract year. This is the biggest one, okay? T. Higgins is motivated to be really good. So the second that Joe Burrow is fine and he will be fine, T. Higgins is going to do everything he can to make plays and get the ball in his hands. And clearly, Joe Burrow's happy to send it his way. Okay, so when Joe Burrow's ha ha healthy, I think T. Higgins will be too. Now, there's concern about this rib fracture. Mm -mm. No, again, he's in a contract year. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays this weekend. Would I start him this weekend? Probably not. But because of Joe Burrow, not because of his rib injury, I think T. Higgins is a buy-low candidate. If you have the room, okay, look. You know, get creative, move some players to the IR, you know, see what you can do. See if your league says if they have the little O, sometimes they let you put them on the IR, mm -hmm. figure out every way you can to game the system to keep T Higgins. I understand not wanting to start him. And I understand if you're just frustrated and you need points now and you need to move him. I understand that too. But if you're in the catbird seat of having a winning team and having some pieces, can you imagine T Higgins for your fantasy playoffs? I can. I, I think that's great too. I mean, remember back in the off season when there was talks of should they they're gonna move on from him, they're gonna trade him. Like, well, they didn't trade him for a reason because they believe he's gonna be part of the offense. And like you said, contract year. So not only does T. Higgins know he has to perform, but the bank was like, No, 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 we still want you here to perform uh for us. So I, I think that's a great and, move. And, and again, even if it, they don't, like I mean, it's a, this is the Kyle Tucker syndrome. Sorry to bring it back to baseball, but like the Astros didn't sign him to the extension. Guess what? He went out and had a 30. Yes, it is a 30. Don't give me that BS that that was a throwing error. And so he doesn't get a 30 home run. It's not 29. It is 30. They're going to have to change that 30, 30 season. And the most RBIs in the American league, they didn't sign him to the contract extension. They cost themselves. Ta Kyle Tucker was playing for himself as well as the team. T Higgins will be playing himself as much as he can into the best contract he can get. Maybe it's with another team or maybe it is with the Bengals. Either way, it just doesn't matter. So that's why I believe that T Higgins is a buy low candidate. I do understand if you're frustrated. I would not drop him. I would trade him.
Yeah. No way I would just drop him. I wouldn't just let someone pick him up. No No way. Ridiculous. Can't do that. You can't do that because then your opponent's going to just pick up T. Higgins. (laughs) Your opponent who's able to move people to the IR somehow and just carry an extra receiver is going to do that. And then plus, yeah, Burrow returns with with a a healed calf post-bye week and then T. Higgins is scoring every week. You're going to be like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, they're the top scoring offense in the league. So, yeah. Um, so that's why we got a lot of questions about the Bengals offense, and I understand. And for now, I'm not really feeling confident. I am going to go ahead and start Joe Mixon where I have to. It's not like there's such a glut of talent at running back that I can sit Joe Mixon. Like, what other two running backs do you definitely have every week? They're going to outscore Joe Mixon. I don't think you do. So, sure, maybe there's not a high ceiling, but there's always the possibility he gets you the touchdowns because Joe Burrow isn't throwing them. Okay, rant over. Should we talk about the Steelers offense? We'll we'll just briefly talk about the Steelers offense. Then we'll run through the waiver wire talk targets. Then we'll take your questions and time is, oh, we haven't even done Thursday night football. Let's forget Steelers. Not excited about the Steelers. Concerned about Najee, but that's another episode. We'll let Dave Damashet talk about the Steelers. Oh, I've heard so much Ask him for his fantasy take. Ask Ask him if we want Warren or Najee. It, I think, yeah, but the Kenny Pickett injury and then they're going to, you know, Trubisky probably. And it, it's uh, the, the whole AFC North, honestly, with the, you know, the injury to Chubb and then the, the Baltimore Ravens offense hasn't been great. Then Deshaun missed the game. And uh, we just talked about the Bengals, obviously. Now the Pickett injury, there's a lot of, you know, nonsense going on in the fantasy world in that that division. So, yeah, it's uh, it's icky and I, we could definitely move on. All right, uh, quick waiver wire. Let's just hit it real quick. Uh, running backs, Jaleel McLaughlin, probably the top target. Of course, we're watching Javante Williams. He might be fine. He might play. But uh, McLaughlin, 104 all-purpose yards and a touchdown after Williams left the game. That being said, Pirine could still be the guy. He's the bigger back, the one that can get the goal line carries. He actually played more snaps last weekend. But uh, McLaughlin is someone you could add Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, as always, are on this list because Baltimore doesn't have a running back yet, unless maybe they trade for Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is practicing this week, folks. Zach Moss is someone you could consider selling high on, though I don't know. I If you have the room to keep him, I'd keep him in case Jonathan Taylor gets moved uh, or in case there's an injury later. Um But if you have the ability to sell high on Zach Moss, you know, if you can really get a nice return, consider it. Chubba Hubbard got more activity this week, but I do believe that had more to do with Miles Sanders still nursing the groin injury. But in the short term, he's someone you might be able to use. And Kenneth Gainwell is still getting rotated in for entire series, even though DeAndre Swift seems to be the leader of the backfield. He's obviously the handcuff with the possibility to go off any week. Wide receivers, Jamison Williams might be the number one target, and it's not because he's actually done anything in the NFL. I mean, he's played in, what, two NFL games, and they were both dramatic, Uh, but that's it. But he's a former first-round pick. He was a standout at Alabama, and this Lions offense is roaring. Um, I actually don't think it's going to hurt our Sam Laporta shares, but... um, no, I I, I don't either. I mean, mean, you could make make the argument that, like... Josh Reynolds, maybe. 
Yes, that's what I'm, I think Ben Johnson's done such a fantastic job that they'll find a way to make use of their first round pick. That's the thing. You know they're going to be invested and mm-hmm. use him because the draft capital they spent on him, but also they're not going to stop this Sam Laporta thing because it's been such a good connection between Goff and him. I think what it does, it just makes the defenses have to, it makes it a harder job on the defense to figure out who they're going to cover. That's right. But I do think that Jamison being the more dynamic player, they're going to have to cover him, and that means more openness for Sam Laporta. So I think that, and I think Amon Ra will always get his, but but yes, I, I do think once you start getting like that Josh Reynolds area uh, of the offense, he may suffer a little bit. And it still feels like they haven't really solved their, you know, how to use Jameer Gibbs fully yet. So uh, I, I do well, think that it's going to help them. We'll talk about Jameer Gibbs next week, too. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery's clearly the guy in the better value there. Which is just a, a, a bizarre no for me. And, and it's it's a waste of a first round pick if you're not going to I have only him. Gibbs in, in, a, in a dynasty league, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish I had more David Montgomery um okay so we like jameson williams uh but do bear in mind he's nursing a hammy okay so he may not be back right away just because he got back from his suspension early josh palmer was clearly the answer to the mike williams question uh Mm -hmm. last week it doesn't mean that quinton it doesn't mean that quinton johnston won't also be more involved as we go down the stretch but right now the answer is josh palmer and because they're on a bye this week you might have an opportunity to grab him michael Wilson is someone I had go off on all my benches this weekend, which was kind of painful because like I was watching all these points in like matchups I was barely losing and he would have been the difference maker, but whatever. Michael Wilson is someone I was high on. You can read my articles about rookies to target over at Sports Illustrated if you want. He was one of them because he was running the outside routes and Rondell Moore just wasn't uh, being used the way everyone kind of thought he would. And look, they're going to be in negative game scripts a lot. Mm-hmm. People thought they had to worry about Hollywood Brown. He's constantly always nursing an injury too. So Wilson, very interesting. Uh, yeah. Big guy. Yeah. Big, big, big body. We mentioned Josh Dobbs before he's playing pretty smart football, um, you know, and they're, they've been in every game. Like, I mean, obviously James Conner has been the the nice piece there. That's kind of uh, the steady force on the ground for them. But yeah, when you start covering the speedsters like Moore and Hollywood Brown, it's like, well, the big body receivers open and he's targeting them. Cardinals have some, you know, they've been okay fantasy wise, which is something that I was shocked about because I, you know, going yeah. in the season, I thought like they're gonna be losing 40 to nothing run games, obsolete, carousel quarterback position but no they've been pretty steady cardinals rams texans so rich for fantasy this year unfortunately the carolina panthers not so much that was somewhere, on, yeah. yeah that was somewhere that we thought we might be able to go to get some value but it's not working out so great right, right. we'll talk about more about that too like did people make a mistake with their first round picks this year of course they did of course yeah. they did Every year they do. Tyler Boyd uh, is the guy if you need the handcuff for T. Higgins. But again, remember the Bengals offense is scoring 12.3 points per game. Okay. Romeo Dubs. Uh, listen, Christian Watson came in, caught one of his four targets. Didn't look so hot. Dubs is putting up a solid floor for you every week. He's seeing the targets. He might end up the wide receiver one on this team for Jordan Love, who is a top 10 fantasy quarterback. So consider that. Um Tight end Jake Ferguson has the second most targets for the Dallas Cowboys after CD Lamb. Who finally so, scored? So good job, CD. Yeah. yeah, who finally scored? I was like, this is man, what a drought. Logan Thomas is a tight end you can target with a solid floor. And by the way, John o. Smith is scoring more fantasy points than Kyle Pitts. 
Is there something to the fact that like, if your name is Pitts, isn't that like a subliminal message? Maybe don't draft him. I, I mean, he's a guy that people are calling a hall of famer during the, the actual draft process. Yeah. And then the minute they bring in a, a coach like uh, Arthur Smith and with a quarterback in Desmond Ritter, who wasn't really that tested in college. Uh, I know they're sticking with Ritter at, at quarterback here, but For it now, is, it's clearly a run if, first offense. And I just, if like, Taylor Heineke gets this job though, that, then you're, you're going to be glad that you had sure. some of these other weapons. So I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Thursday night football. Thursday night football. Our Chicago Bears versus the Washington Commanders. This is not really these primetime matchups. Not been the best. Uh, but we've got Commanders versus Bears this week. Uh, what is the latest spread, Eddie? Six. And uh, a half. The line now is six. The Bears are getting six and a half. Totals at forty-four and a half. Um, I, I, I honestly like you know the Commanders put a really tough game, a uh, good game versus the Eagles. Uh, Riverboat Ron is his nickname. Yet he kicks the extra point and ties it, and then goes into overtime to lose. So but they were he- so tired. Uh, yeah, it was so I, tired. I, I mean, I, I don't understand that at all, but it, you know, but, but they're, the commanders have been outside of the, you know, the one, the one really bad game versus the bills. They've been pretty, pretty solid. The bears had just had their first okay game and they still lost. I think it'll probably be a close game. So you want to take the bears and the points. I, I'm okay with that. I don't see a blowout either way. Um, but getting to my prop, because I think it's going to be close. And because I think the bears, maybe have found a path to victory sort of, and it's not because of Justin Fields. It's because they finally ran Khalil Herbert over 10 times. You look at his like rushing attempt this year, nine attempts, seven, seven, and then 18. Well, I mean, his yards per carry actually been fine, but then he, right. he runs the, when he runs the ball over 10 times, he got 103 yards on the ground. So I think with his prop, uh, his, his total being 44 and a half rushing yards at minus 129 on Caesars. Uh, to me, I think if they just run him in the first half, I know he had like a 24 yard rush too, um last game. If he breaks off one of those, you're at like halfway there. I think Khalil Herbert will go over that mark just because um, I think the offense is kind of understanding what they have to do to stay in games, a little on win games. So uh, I like the Khalil Herbert over there just based on um, how effective he was last week. And, they finally played a decent game, so to speak. Yes, they did finally play a decent day- game, so to speak. And I think that we might see another decent game, so to speak, um, this week. I hope we do. I have a couple player props early. Um, so I'm going to tell you that this first player prop, I just have two I'm going to mention, is uh, maybe my attempt at a reverse jinx. I'll be fully honest with you. I hope that by taking this prop, I lose and it switches all our luck, but I'm taking Justin Fields under 48 and a half rushing yards. And it's not because he can't do it because he averaged 76 yards per game last season, but he's only done it once this season. And it was in the first week of the year. And since then they have gone completely away from it. Now the commanders have actually allowed the third most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So that makes this even harder, but the third most rushing yards is only 32 yards per game. And they limited Jalen hurts to only 34 yards last week, including overtime. So I'm going to say that the bears are not smart enough to figure out how to make designed runs because they haven't done it yet for Justin Fields and instead take the under here with the hope that I'm wrong and we get rushing Justin Fields back and it helps all of our fantasy teams. But if I'm a, my, my head says it's the under, even though my heart says it should be the over. 
Oh, I, I would bet on that. I'm totally with you on that. I have no reason to believe they're going to start implementing design runs. I, I think, like I said, if anything, it'll be the Justin Fields using his arm and maybe a lot of Khalil Herbert on the ground and a close one. Um, I don't see even a scenario, too, if they're down big and he has to scramble to survive. I, I haven't even been seeing that. So I'm, I'm with you completely on that prop. And then my second prop is a little bit more uh, obscure. And it's for Antonio Gibson to have over 13 and a half receiving yards. Um, he actually was more involved in the run game this week. Um, but Brian Robinson does lead the team. Um, as far as running Antonio Gibson has run twice as many routes. Uh, he's not seen only 10 targets, but this is just the right matchup because the bears have allowed the most receiving yards 234 across four games played this season. And they've allowed an 85.2% catch rate as well to opposing running backs specifically. So those 234 receiving yards are to running backs. The 85.2% catch rate is to running backs. I think Riverboat Ron is actually smart enough to figure that out and use the converted ride receiver the way he should. And he should get some targets this weekend, uh, or sorry, this Thursday. And I think he'll go over 13 and a half. He did catch three passes for 44, 44 yards in week two. So this is something that can be done. So I am taking the over on 13 and a half. Love that as well. Even just generally across the board for running backs who are, you know, uh, you know, inclined to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield when it's like 13 yards, 13 and a half yards in that, like the, the early teens, like it's, it's two catch. It could even Maybe be a screen, one. one screen. You're over that. So exactly. across the board, I love any, like anytime you get a low number like that, I think it's, it's such a smart bet. I think it's a great one. Yeah. So those are my two for Thursday. As far as who wins this game, do you even want to take a bet? I don't, I mean, I'm looking at the total. I'm like, I don't feel like taking the over. I I mean, maybe it's my anti um, commanders uh, NFC's bias here to, I mean, I don't even think the Giants are going to matter down the road, but you know, they, they've been a nice story. Uh, the commanders, I just think, I just don't see any team pulling away in this one. And the Bears kind of surprised me offensively. At least Fields did. I think it'll be close. You're almost getting a touchdown. I mean, you're, right. in, you're getting a touchdown without it. You have it. to take the points if you're I picking think so. side. I think so. I think, you take, yeah. I think the smart move is a point here. Uh, I could see an ugly, close, like low 20s to low 20s game. I think we're going to see. I could see that too. So Justin Fields, not a must start this week in fantasy. If you feel like waiting, go ahead. But if you feel like he's hot, do that too. Uh, you can always tweet us at that Eddie Murphy at Jen Piacenti and we'll help you make a decision if you need to, but not on Sunday mornings because Jen has decided to actually just enjoy the football on Sunday mornings. So you got to do it before then. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. All right. Those are our player props. That's how we feel. I have not had luck picking the last two weeks. You and I are at the bottom of the league with our picks overall after a hot start. Yeah, um, but it's okay. It, We're gonna get back on track. I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I have been outside of the only. I mean, the the one getting one pick right just really ruins an entire season for you because I've been consistently okay, nine right, eight right, seven right. So I've kind of been in the mix besides that one week. But um, but yeah, I mean, congrats. I think Mark Gunnell's right now leading it uh for the entire EP staff. But you know, we'll always tweet out that graphic, put it on our Instagram as well. I gotta tell you um, that I'm just gonna tell you. I'm just gonna complain. This is my internal complaint. Since we moved to this spreadsheet, that's how I can't do it. I don't want to look and see what anybody else is doing. I don't even want it in my peripheral at all. I need to make my own email, my own picks for my own thing and send it to you without any other, because 
I don't think I'm looking at other people's stuff, but since I kind of have it in my peripheral, it's like, I, I must be, it must be seeping in. I it's, it's messing with my process. Also the fact that we have to have them in like Wednesday night, Thursday morning. And so many things change. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, we'll, we'll pull, I'll get pulled back the curtain here. Uh, for those, so, you know, following it, we have to obviously pick a, a deadline to make your picks by with that. We spread. can make the graphic of course, so the graphic and cause you can't, you know, spread. can't we, change the spread. Right. So there's there. no way we could do it Sunday morning. So lines change. And for example, the biggest one that I've seen so far this year is easily the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns game where first the Ravens were getting points and then Deshaun Watson was ruled out and then it flipped to the, the Browns getting points. A lot of us picked the Browns. I picked the Browns. Would have had that one right if I didn't. So, I mean, I, I that one lost me a win there. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I, I do have faith in us. I think that our, our head's in the right spot. So, um, and, and then, yeah, Jen, if you need to just email me on the side to not see the other picks, um, we could do that. But I, I think I may just like copy all of uh, Mark Gunnell's picks because he knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, I knew for the first two weeks, I knew what I was doing. You, you did. You like, did. You're oh. leading. I was yeah. like, I'm not putting these in the spreadsheet. Everyone's going to copy me. Mm-hmm. And then I got in the spreadsheet and I saw like Martin's picks as I'm typing them. I'm like, oh, I agree with Martin. Mm, I wonder if that's right or not. I started thinking all that stuff. I was like, oh, God, I have to stop. Anyway, so that's my little, I don't know, complaint, internal complaint to the people, but not really. I don't really complain. Um, let's take some questions. Let's do it. Um, so I'll start off here with our pal Ben Kelly asking. He asked the T. Hagan's question: Is he droppable? You said do not drop him. We both said don't drop him because there's a chance there's a resurgence, uh, especially post buy. So keep him there. But he you also don't asked- want your opponent to have him. If you don't want him on your team, awesome, trade him mm-hmm. and get as much as you can. But don't just leave him out there for anybody to pick up. So Ben also had a second part and I, it seems like he's in with a ton of injuries. He has like five or six injuries to yeah. starters. Um, he just asked general advice. Like, what do you do if you have that many injuries to your, uh, to your team? Well, I, I don't know what you do um, other than be really smart on the waiver wire and um, start thinking about if those injured players are players that you might be able to move in a trade. So if you can't use, you need someone right now, maybe you take a hit on one or two of them. Because if you have a lot of injured players on the same team, you obviously can't sit there with all of them. But it would probably depend on the specificity of your players and your lineup. Uh, But there's always a way out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the move. Especially I feel bad for him. He sent the list. I mean, it's like, like I said, six Bad. guys. It's it's tough that oh. you got to probably trade a great player for a, a boatload there. Yeah. Um, next question coming in for uh, from Chris Powers here in a standard league: uh, Miles Sanders or Pacheco? Uh, that's getting really tight. Um, I actually believe in Miles Sanders. He's getting a higher, you know, snap share and all of that. But Pacheco's got the goal line carries like a crazy amount of goal line carries. And those can just add up. Certainly right now it's Pacheco. So if you're thinking about dropping one, I mean, hopefully you don't have to drop one because I think both of those running backs are too valuable to drop in today's running back environment. But generally I would be starting Pacheco over Sanders right now because of the groin injury. And uh, he is a part two to this question, uh, Mixon or HN? It's A-chan right now. Um, I don't think you can put that genie back in the bottle. That kid is a speed demon, and he's really, really good. And I, and honestly, I think that maybe technically Mostert is going to be listed first on the depth chart out of respect for the veteran, but I think it's going to be A-chan. And I heard they're not even in the market for Jonathan Taylor anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, so, that would make sense. No, no, no need anymore when you score that many touchdowns with them. Um, and our last question here from uh, Mall602, what do I do if uh, I listen to Eddie Spaghetti and direct Daniel Jones? Well, first of all, my apologies. Secondly, we did cover this at the beginning part of the show, but if you have to start him, I mean, you got to just hope, fingers crossed, Saquon comes back, Andrew Thomas comes back. And I think a big thing that people are not talking about as much because the old line's kind of taken uh, a lot of the um, publicity here, but it's consistency and chemistry with the rotating receiving core. I think they have to just kind of leave in the guys they think are going to give them the best chance. It probably is Wondell Robinson. I think Jalen Hyde has a very high ceiling. And then obviously Darren Waller, because he's the one guy that they had a connection with. So um, that is my take on the Daniel Jones situation. That was our last question of the day. So thanks to all those who wrote into myself, to Jen, or to the Extra Points Pod Twitter account. We will see you next week at the same time. So thanks for tuning in.